Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, with, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Father, that your word is true. Father, I thank you this morning, Father God, that you have decided for whatever reason, Lord, to use me to proclaim the riches of your glory, your truth, your word, Father, which will endure all things. Father, I pray that there's a holy reverence for your word this morning as it is being spoken. I pray that the hearts of the people will be engaged, and Lord God, that they will find rest, find encouragement, and find wisdom, Lord, through your word. Father, I am excited this morning about what you're going to do in us this morning. Take these lips of clay. Do what only you can do for your glory. I come to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. A basic concept in winning any war is understanding the enemy. I have not ever been in the military, but we have a number of folks that have. And uh, there's a lot of strategy that goes into fighting a war. One of the main aspects of fighting a war is understanding your enemy. And they tell me that when they prepare for war, they try to figure out what is their communication structure, you know, and what type of enemy are they fighting and who it is that they're fighting and how many of these folks are they fighting. Because if they're going to have a degree of success in war, they got to understand their enemy. Now, how many know that as believers, you are in a war? Now, there were some things that was happening way before you and I got on the scene. And if you have become a born-again Christian, understand that Satan is after you. It is much, much deeper than you. It's not just because of you just happen to exist. It is because you have chosen to follow God Almighty. And he doesn't like anything about you because, you see, Satan was booted out of heaven. And we're going to go into that a little bit this morning. He was booted out of heaven because of his, his pride, his desire to want 
to be like the most high God. The Bible says that my people in Hosea is destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You hear us say all the time in this church, we want you to read your Bible, read your Bible. Why do we say that? Because knowledge equals power. And if you're going to understand the enemy that we're fighting against, I mean, no, you need to read. You need to study. You need to understand because there's so many Christians that live their life and, and you know, and, and they just think that, um, that Satan is the picture that the world gives us. You know, the picture that the world gives us, the, the picture they give us is that Satan is this little red little monster who has two horns. He has a pitchfork and he's standing there with a big smile. Can I say to you, that is not an accurate depiction of the devil. The Bible says that he is a master deceiver. He disguises himself as an angel of light. So do you know the devil is not going to be as blatant as you may think he is? A lot of times he's right in your house. A lot of times he's right there in your office. A lot of times he's polished. He's educated. He's smart. He has an appearance of humility, but in actuality, he is not. He is the father of lies, which means that all lies, watch this, generated from Satan. Everything that has to do with deception, lying, manipulation, it all generated with Satan. He is a master deceiver. And so he doesn't mind you as a believer. Satan is cool with you just kind of walking around and just 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 kind of saying, yeah, that there's a devil. But a lot of people kind of believe, and even we say believers, you believe that there's a devil, but how many of you understand his tactics? How many believers really understand how does Satan works? Because you remember, he doesn't want you to be successful in life. The Bible says in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give you life, but a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Let me say something to you. The devil doesn't fight fair. Because we got to talk about this because a lot of people don't understand who the devil is. A lot of people think that he's just kind of, he's just going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you alone. And the more that you want to make an impact for God, you can expect the enemy to try to come after you. Now, that's not to scare you because the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So I don't have to fear the devil. He can't touch me. You remember that when Job Satan had to go. Satan went to God and said, Lord, you know, uh, uh, you know, I would like to, to, you know, to take care of Job. But the problem is you keep taking care of him. You're covering him. You won't let me get to him. In other words, Satan can't do nothing in your life unless God allows it. So you don't have to fear because his destination is eternal fire, torment forever and ever. He knows that. But what he wants to do with you and I, he wants us to live our life just completely oblivious that he exists. How many of you have been going through some things in your life and you've been trying to figure it out? Like, why did this keep happening to me? I mean, I'm doing the things I need to be doing. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm seeking after God. I'm, I'm doing all the. But every time I turn around, there's just something that just keep getting in my way. You are perhaps going through spiritual warfare. So the, so the devil says to you, here's what he says. It's okay. Now, I'm going to pick on somebody a little bit, but that's okay. Just stay with me. Every now and then we do that here. But, you know, he, well, the devil don't mind you going to Halloween and celebrating witches and all of that. 
He, he, he's cool with you. Just, you know, he got people thinking, oh, ain't nothing wrong with, with, with just celebrating the dead and celebrating witches and doing all. Ain't nothing wrong with that. See, you see what he does? Because he's a deceiver, right? He's trying to pull you in because he wants the world to think that for some reason that it's okay, that, that, that it's something that's not that bad for you. But how many know you're flirting with something that is deeper than what it looks on the surface? So the enemy knows that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. If I were to come and ask every one of you, or anyone say, how does Satan work? What would you say? How many of you really understand Satan's tactics? We're going to get into the word this morning. I'm going to show you through the word that when you leave this place today, you're going to be, let me tell you something, you're going to be like, Wow. You're going to be ready. You're going to be armed because let me tell you, he is coming after you. You know, the Bible says don't give the devil place. You know why he said don't give the devil place? Because you can't give the devil a little bit because <laughs> he's going to take the whole thing. He's going to come after you. He, I mean, he shows up in places. He shows up in, I mean, the devil shows up in the church. See, you're all waiting for him to come in with all the red suit on. You're waiting for him to come with the pitchfork. He ain't coming like that. He come a lot of time in attitudes and personalities. Now, the devil can't possess Christians. I don't, we don't believe in demon possession of believers. But the devil can influence you. The devil can lure you. He can deceive you. And he can use you. We're going to show you in a moment how the devil even used Peter or tried to use Peter. And Jesus had to call him out. You're going to be like, wow. Let me tell you something. This thing is real. And we need to understand that he's real. Satan has, I mean, he's duped America big times. Big time, he's duped our country. So now our country, understand it. And and how many know the devil is subtle? How, How do we get to a place that we can't even pray anymore? We we want God out of the schools. Our government, I mean, it's just all confused and discombobulated right now, they don't have any answers to this problem. Let me tell you why. Because the stage is being set for the Antichrist. Understand this. Now, I'm going deep with this morning, but you got to stay with me. See, there is coming a one world government. We say, Pastor, is that biblical? Read the book of Revelation. I can't take the time to go into it today. But everything is being set up for the Antichrist. In other words, all these problems that you and I are seeing where the countries and the nations of the world, they have these summits, they have these big meetings, and they're trying to figure it out. How can we get the economy going? How can we get it all fixed? Let me tell you something. The setup is coming. The stage is being set for one Antichrist who would rise up and present himself as the one that will solve all the world's problems. That's what's happening. And too many believers, they, they, are, they, are, they are walking and they're not understanding and discerning what's going on. You think it's all about your Democrat and your Republican ideas. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. This, the, the stage is being set. We in our country today, our country, we don't even know anymore what is right and wrong anymore. People are confused. They don't have a clue. And the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is the way of death. How do you know anything that's based in humanism ain't going to last? 
there's a way that seems right. I mean, it, it, I think that this is the right way to go. Well, you know, it's really all about making me happy. How many know that just making you happy ain't what it's about? It's really all about trying to see what does God want in your life? What is God doing? How many know that when you read the book of Revelation, it's all about Jesus? It is all about him. It ain't about you. I hate to tell you that. You just happen to get a few crumbs along the way. You happen to get residual blessing because you choose to follow him. But Christianity at its core is not about you. It's about the worship of Jesus. If you say, well, I don't like being around a lot of people and I don't like a lot of noise. Well, you're, you're going to hate heaven. Because if you read the book of Revelation, they're there, they're worshiping God, and there's billions of people giving God the glory, and they're saying, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent, he reigns, and they're declaring it. There's praise, there's worship, there, there is a declaration of Jesus' power and his authority over all things. So we got to bring it back. We got to come back. We got to get a, a revelation. Sometimes we get so caught up in the things that we don't really see what is really happening, what the devil is doing. The Bible says that we are the children of light. So we're supposed to be walking in light, which means light means to have revelation, to have understanding, to be able to discern the seasons and the times. And if we're caught up in it, then the devil can use us and we don't even know it. Well, the devil ain't going to never use me. Really? Really? Let's take a look at it. Let's, let's learn a little bit. Let's go to the word. So I got a few points here, okay? Y'all with me? Say Amen. The first point, Satan, he was kicked out of heaven. Go with me, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter 28. It's in the Old Testament. If you don't have a Bible, if you choose to look at it on the screen, we have it on the screen for you as well. Ezekiel chapter 28. I want to show you this through the scripture so that uh, you can, and I hope you take notes. And I really want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of teach you this morning. Is that okay? Is that okay? I'm going to teach you, and I want you to write these things down. I want you to go back and ponder this stuff and understand what Satan is trying to do. Look at Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 17. Now, I'm going to have to kind of go fast because I got a lot of information to cover, and I don't want to keep you here that long. So are you there? Okay, I'm gone. Here we go. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God. Now, they're talking to the king of Tyre, but in actuality, this scripture is going to go way beyond that, because the Lord is going to address the spirit behind the king of Tyre, which is Satan himself. Now, watch this. For you were the seal of perfection, talking about Satan, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. How I many you know about that? Every precious stone was your covering, and the sardis and the topaz and the diamond and the beryl and the oxo and the jasper and the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. This is where we get the, when people say that Satan was a worship leader, you know, this is where we get that from. He was prepared for you on the day, I'm sorry, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub. Watch this. Who covers? I establish you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till, watch this, iniquity was found in you. Now jump down to verse 17. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Now understand this. Satan was kicked out of heaven because of his pride. 
because God had blessed them with good looks. Some of you think, well, I'm good looking, and you are. But how many know that you ain't had much to do with that? Amen. <laughs> Satan's pride kicked him. The Bible says one of the things that God hates more than anything is the spirit of pride. Amen. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time or in due season. So the Bible, so, so Jesus was humbled and he was meek and he was lowly. And anything that has to do with pride, God is not in it. Understand that. Pride comes before destruction and the heart is spirit before a fall. And so God hates the spirit of pride. Well, why did God hate pride? Because it originated from Satan. He thought, he thought that I'm just a little bit better than everybody else. I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more together. And I want you to see, and here's what we're going to show you. I'm going to show you this morning how nasty Satan is, how conniving he is, how wretched he is. And you're going to see and you're going to be like, wow, let's, let's, let's keep going with this. The second point, Satan wanted the glory. Look at Isaiah. We've got a couple of scriptures, but stay with me. And I want you to write these down. Look at Isaiah chapter number 14, if you will, verses 12 through 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Verses 12 through through 14. I'm sorry. Here we go. Look at this. Now, another name for Satan is Lucifer. Now, watch this. He said, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of morning. Watch this. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nation. How many know that Satan has weakened the nations? How do you know the nation today, I mean, we have pestilence, we have diseases, they're infighting, the nations are fighting against each other. How do you know that there's problems constantly in the Middle East? I mean, there's problems all over the place. You know why? Because Satan has weakened the nation. That's why we have sickness in the earth. That's why we have disease in the earth. That's why families and, and children and marriages are broken apart. You know why? Because Satan has weakened the nations. Because he has come down with a vengeance. And you are in his sights. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now watch this. Now I want you to catch the spirit of Satan here. He said, look at verse 13. For you have said in your heart. Now listen to what God is saying. I will ascend into the heaven. Watch this. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the further sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You see what Satan is after there. Now, what was the theme of that particular passage? Come on. I, thank you. I. You see what, you, you see what, and what happens in the church today? Many of our churches. It's all about who? I. I'm we're going, we're going deep. And so what happens is people get, you know, and so people get so self-centered. In actuality, that's the spirit of the enemy. He was all focused on him. Self. And so it was all about what I want. I want to be happy. I want this and I want that. You exist for the pleasure of God. And it is when you live and surrender your life to the pleasure of God, then you will find the thing that's been eluding you for all these years. The joy, the peace, the happiness, all the wonderful things that come with being a believer is when you understand that it's not about you. The spirit of I come from Satan. And how many know that it starts, I mean, our kids are cute, but they come out saying, I, did you teach them that? 
Did you teach them to don't ever share your toys with no other kids? Did you sit there and teach them and tell them that, that to take that toy and hit somebody else upside the head? Did you teach that kid that me, mine, mine? Where did that come from? Amen. You didn't teach them that. I hope you didn't. <laughs> you didn't teach them that. It's demonic. It was here. It's the spirit of Satan. Uh, I want you to understand this. This is deep. And so because what Satan was all about was I, I, I. And so what do we have in the church today? It's about I, I. It's about mine. It's about mine. It ain't about yours. Everything that we got belonged to God. Come on. Everything we got. If you got a good wife, it belongs because of God. If you got a good family, if you got a good income, you got a great ministry, you got a great job, you got a great house, you got a great car. It is all because God bless you. It has nothing to do with you. Because he can take it from you in a moment. It's not about us. I want you, are you following me? And so listen to the spirit of Satan. Now watch this. Let's let's go a little bit deeper. Jump on over to Revelation chapter number 12. Y'all saying with me? Give me a hearty amen. Amen. That's good. Now I feel good. Now I can preach. All right, here we go. Now look at this. Revelation chapter number 12. You're learning something this morning. Say amen. Amen. All right, good. Now Revelation chapter number 12. Watch this. Starting in verse number 7, and we'll read down to 7, verse 7 through 12. Now watch this. Revelation is that last book in the Bible. Now watch this. And war broke out in heaven. Now understand, John, who is the revelator, who basically had penned down these words, John is taking you back to what happened before the Garden of Eden. That there was war in heaven that you and I just happened to get caught up into. You understand that? So whether you're, in, whether you're a believer this morning or you're not, that there was some stuff going on in the, in the heavenlies way before you got here. And you're caught up in it. Well, I don't want to be in it. You're caught up in it. You're in it. Either you're in it on the winning side or you're going to be on the losing side. How many know Christ is our victor? He has gotten us the victory. By his blood, by his stripes, we have been made whole. You're not, you're in Christ. You don't have anything to worry about this morning. You win. But you know, how many know that I don't just want to win? You know, you hear people say, I want to win when I go to heaven. And when I get to heaven, it's going to be all right. How many know that I want to win some battles while I'm on earth? God don't want you living defeated while you're here. Come on, somebody. I don't need to wait till I get to heaven to live in victory. I want to have some victory right now. God wants you to win some battles. And sometimes we lose battles because we, 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 we do some things on our, we make some bad choices, come on. We don't understand the tactics of the enemy and how he uses us. Now watch this. And war broke out in heaven. Now I want you to look, now view this way back before any of this stuff happened. Humans came on the scene. Watch this. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels, Michael is the archangels who fight for God. Uh, and... Um, when war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought the dragon, who is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Do you hear that? They did not prevail. How many know Satan will not prevail? Nor was any place found for them in heaven any longer. Do you know why? They got booted. Hallelujah. So the great dragon, now watch this. Now I want you to catch this. Because I want you to get a revelation as a Christian that you got to understand that there is something else that's making your life, that's trying to attack you, that's trying to pull you under, that's trying to make life difficult for you. You need to understand this. And he says, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old. Now watch it. Now we're going to identify him. Called the who? The devil. And what? Satan. 
who deceives what? The whole world is lying in deception right now. Do you understand? The whole world right now, everybody is deceived. They are thinking that somehow the man is going to be able to figure out the world's problems. The man ain't going to be able to do it. I hate to tell you, your political party is not going to be able to do it. I hate to tell you, only Jesus is going to fix what's wrong with this nation and the world. Because Satan has come down, watch this, to deceive the whole world. So everybody's walking in deception. Except for the people of God who's supposed to have revelation about this kind of stuff. Stay with me. So watch this now. Watch. He said, he who's deceived the whole world, he was cast where? To the earth. And his angels was cast out with him. Now, where were they cast, where were they cast out at? They was cast out of heaven to where? The earth. Understand it. That's important. Because watch it. Let's keep reading. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, watch this, and the power of his Christ have come. Glory to God. For the accuser of our brethren. How many know Satan is always trying to accuse you before God? Satan is always quick to want to bring up your sin. You see, anything that operates in a spirit like that is not of God. See, one of the things you'll find in our church, and hopefully you should find in every church, that we're not quick to try to point out people's shortcomings. Because everybody got some shortcomings. Some of us just more crafty and hiding it than others. Come on. Everybody dealing with something. Ain't nobody here reached perfection. So the enemy is always up there accusing, you know, and my kids, they love to do that. We think it's cute sometimes. They always come and run and tell, you know. And I tell my little daughter all the time, I say, Destiny, you are a little snitch. Because they're always quick to say, you did it. You did. Look what they did. Always want to point out somebody's sin. It's the spirit of the enemy. Satan always want to accuse. He always got something to say about somebody. That's why you got to be careful when you start talking about people. Gossiping about people. Saying things because what spirit are you operating under? So a lot of people don't realize that. Oh, well, it's no big deal. I mean, I'm right. I mean, no, it ain't, sometimes it ain't all about you being right. None of us see right all the time. Can I be the first to tell you that I'm a person that's, well, any of you hung around me for any length of time, you know, I make my share of mistakes. Is that right, Diver? I make my share of mistakes. I don't mind saying I'm not a perfect person. But I, I know the spirit of the enemy when I see it. Watch this. I got to keep going. Gosh, I got to keep going. Okay, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and, strength and, uh, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come and the accusing of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. How often is Satan accusing? And what do you think he's talking about? He's pointing out every sin that you do. Satan is taking every sin that you do every day, and he's trying to tell God, look what they did. They say they love you. They don't even read their Bible. They say they love you. They don't come to church. They say they love you. Look at what they're doing behind closed doors. They don't really love you, God. Day and night, Satan is always accusing. But how many know we have a mediator? Jesus, he stands between us. He's the great, he, he, he's our lawyer. He, he defends us. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I cover that. Amen. Good God Almighty. I cover that. My blood, I purchased that. Get your hands off of that. I've covered that. That's okay. I died for that. So somebody ought to be getting excited. If you don't get excited, you ain't saved. Come on. If that don't get you going, because you, you know you messed up and you need some help. Thanks be unto God. Jesus stands right up in the gap. He's our intercessor. That's what it means. 
but he's our intercessor. He stands, he intercedes on our behalf. He said, yeah, I covered. Leave him alone. Get your hands off of mine. This is mine. I died for that. Get your hand off of this. The devil, he's mad about it. He was mad that he couldn't get to Job when he wanted. He said, I've been trying to get up over there and take Job's stuff off, but you've been blessing him too much. God said, that's right, because it's mine. Amen. Now watch, now watch. Keep on going. Now look at this. And look at verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. And the word of their testimony. Amen. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now watch. Therefore rejoice. Come on, somebody. You ought to be rejoicing. He said, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But watch this. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the, and the sea. For the devil has come down to who? You having great what? Wrath. Because he knows that his time is short. <laughs> the devil is mad. The Bible says, he said, now you got the victory, but you need to look out because the devil, he, he's in the details. He's come down to you and he is mad, pardon the expression, as hell. He is mad. And what we want to do is preach the hell out of people. Amen. That's right. Because we know what hell, where hell is going to end up at. And so the devil has come down to you and me. He is mad. I mean, he is angry. He is mad. Because he knows that the clock is ticking, baby. And it's getting close for Jesus to come back. <laughs> he knows he know God has said, Satan, I'm going to give you a little time. I'm going to give you a little time, but then uh, your time is going to be up. You see, that's why I said you don't have to worry about Satan because you, you have the victory. Your God is bigger than that. Your God created all things, and all things got to bow down to him. But we must understand, so he's come down, and what? He's come down, and he's angry at us because he's mad because you got the seal of God on you. And especially if you talk talking about you want to really get serious about God, you want to really make a difference in the earth, you want to really serve God, boy, he is doubly. See, saying that, you know how some people blame everything. Now, there's an extreme. Now, watch this. You ever meet people that everything that happened, the devil did it. I was walking to church this morning. I tripped up on a rock. The devil made me trip up. Come on. It's deeper than that. Do you think, do you think the devil just care about you tripping up on a rock? Come on. Come on. He is powerful. You cannot in your own strength, you and I are no match for the devil. And the devil don't play little childish games. Not that way. He's always after something much bigger than what you think. And so, well, the devil just, I, I overslept this morning. The devil just, just didn't let the alarm clock go off. Please. <laughs> and so I'm just saying how we, how we, are, how we just attach everything to the devil. And, and sometimes we don't have a clue. Okay. It's bigger than that. And some people just get, and, and the devil is okay with you thinking like that. Walking around and feel, oh, the devil may, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about the devil. Because the Bible says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. And as long as I ain't walking in the flesh, I ain't aligning myself up with the devil. But when you start walking in the flesh, you get from under the covering that God has provided for you. Now you are fair game. It's kind of like the lions that lead the pack. The little cubs, you know how the lions go in packs or whatever, and, and one of them kind of drift off. 
Who was it? Which one of those movies? Was it Lion King, Simba, somebody years ago? Was Lion, you know, they, they, drift, you know, they drift off and they're fair game. Because the enemy always trying to get you to drift off. We got, I was part of a church years ago, and there was a split. And one of the most horrific things that you could ever experience is a split. Let me tell you why, a church split. Let me tell you why. Because there are souls that are at stake. There are people that I know today that was a part of that that will not set foot in church again. Because somebody was arguing about who was right and who was wrong, and they had their little feeling on their sleeve, and somebody is wondering now, would not get plugged in because the devil got into the detail and deceit. And the devil doesn't want to keep you out. He want to keep you out. Keep whatever you do. Don't go. You think he wants you to hear this message? I was preparing this message yesterday and my stomach started aching. I'm saying, I said, Lord, I, and first thing, Lord said, you, you, you got to be sharper. I knew this one. I said, okay, I got to get sharp. I got to make sure I'm staying connected. I'm doing the right thing. I don't give the devil place. I mean, we give a devil place sometimes by some of the stuff we do. Don't open the door for it because you open the door a little bit. He's going to bust that thing wide open. You cannot play with the devil. You cannot toy with the enemy. You can't do it. Now, are you still with me? I say, now now let's go on to Ephesians chapter number six. Let's go back. Now, Sister Diva had taught on this a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. But but we're going to we're going to we're going to move toward this. Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians chapter number six. Now, I, I want you to write this. I want you to look at the word because how many know it's, it's about the word? It's about what God's word is saying. I want you to hear this and know it for yourself. I don't want you to say, well, pastor, just making up stuff. This is this is how many know this is in your Bible. This is in that Bible that you read, that you bring with you to church. And, and you know, and some how many know and there are some churches for many years. There was some some uh, uh, one minister I was a part of when I was a little kid. But they never talked about this kind of stuff. But boy, there was more demonic activity going on than I could ever that could shake a stick at. Because there's some people who rather say the devil don't exist. That ain't, that ain't for me. I don't want to hear that. That's just, that's just, the, I mean, the devil wants you to think you don't exist. One of the big things, that it, the successful things that the enemy been able, has been able to do is to make people think that he don't exist. To make people think that he's just some little, some on some little, you know, costume. He's just on some little thing dancing with the pitchfork and, you know, they got the angel on the one side and the devil on the other side. Oh, come on. If that's your picture of Satan, you are way, way off. You are, you are so far removed. Now watch this. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. Watch this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But watch this. Now this is deep. But against principalities. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? In heavenly places. Understand what we're wrestling against. You think that, oh gosh, I, I, just, I just don't have time to do this. But you look at our, how many know that there's, there's, there's a spirit behind everything that's happening? There's a spirit behind our government. That the, the, the Bible says that, that, that you're wrestling. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We look at people sometimes and we think that people are the enemy. Mm-hmm. We think that people are the enemy. And it's not the people. Right. It's the spirit behind that. So we're wrestling. The devil is working behind the scenes to manipulate. That's why we need to fight for what's right. I mean, no, we need to fight for righteousness. We need to do the right thing. Yes, you should vote. You should vote. You should do all of that. But how many know that there's a spirit at work that is working? And, I, and that's why our country is confused. 
People are confused. They don't know. They don't have a sense of hope. They are thinking that the devil keep telling people the same thing. All you need is money. All you need is a better wife, a better husband, more money, and your life will be just what you need. How many know that it's hogwash? Look at the examples that are before you. How many know that ain't what real living is? But the devil keep telling people, you don't need God. You don't need church. You don't need all that stuff. That's crazy. Just, just, you know, just, 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 just concentrate on making a whole lot of money to, to better your life. Now, how many know God ain't against you bettering your life? But if you better your life, it should be a hope for the kingdom of God. Because you, you believe you gave your life to Jesus. If you're really saved, how many know it's all about the kingdom now? Seek first the kingdom and all these what? Things will be added where? Unto you. God says, if you make sure that I stay first, I'll take care of everything else. Oh, God, watch. So what are we wrestling against? And look at, look at, I think you got that scripture. Look at the Matthew 16, verses 21 through 23. I think you got it up here. Now watch this. Now y'all going to think, <laughs> this is, watch this. From this, that time, I got to keep going because I got to go fast. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Now, how many know that Jesus knew exactly what his purpose was when he came? Jesus came in the earth to die for sinners. He knew. He knew that from the moment that he hit the scene, he came to die for the sins of the entire world. That was his mission. That was his goal. And how many know that anything that would try to deviate or pull him away from that was not of God? Because God said that, that, this, that ask for the nations and I'll give it to you. And Jesus was his son. Jesus is the fulfillment of all things. Now watch this. Then Peter. Now who was Peter? Everybody, everybody know who Peter was, right? Peter was the apostle. Peter was the guy that preached at Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. Peter was anointed. Peter was the leader of the apostles. Now watch this. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Keep going. But he turned and said to Peter. Now, who did Jesus say this to? Peter. Watch this. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Did you hear that? Now, if I said to you, I just want you to think about this, because I like practicalities, right? But if I'm having a conversation with you, and you just look at me and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you calling me Satan? Because Jesus saw the spirit behind. See, when you get really spiritual and you get discerning, you start discerning the spirit behind stuff. Don't never look at stuff on the surface. Learn that as a believer. Learn that as a believer. One of the, one of the greatest things you can ever learn is everything ain't what it appears to be. The best lesson that you can learn is whatever it appears to be. Let me tell you something. If just because he's opening up the door for you and he's giving you flowers, he's being nice to you before, you get, before he marries you, that don't mean it's going to be that way. I'm just saying. Everything, you need to go deeper than what it looks like on the surface. How many of you got married? You'd be like, whoa, I never saw that. Oh, oh, wow. I'm just saying. Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. Now, how do you know Peter? 
Peter had to be humble to take that. Because he didn't get in a big argument with God. He just shut up. <laughs> because Jesus was addressing the spirit. See, the devil wanted to make sure that Jesus didn't suffer so that you and I couldn't have the kind of life that he wanted us to have. So what, what, did, what, did, what did Satan want to do? What, Satan was going to use Peter. Now, mm, now, that's proof to show you that Satan will use people. I can tell you, me and my wife, we've been doing this for a while, for a minute. And, uh, and me and my wife, sometimes we'll look at people and it's like, what happened? They just do a switch. What, what happened? And you're sitting there wondering, oh, gosh. I, I, I th- and we've seen people like transform right before us. Like their whole person, everything changed. And it's not, and all, all of a sudden, it was a spirit that was rearing his ugly head. And he, I mean, no, Satan uses people. So you're going to see Satan just walk through the door. He's going to walk through the door and through people that are willing to submit to him. Now, he can't make you do what you don't, you know, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, that's why the Bible says, don't be uh, uh, drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Because you feel the spirit, the devil can't touch you. He can't mess with you. But boy, if you start walking in the flesh, oh, look out. Look out. And, and we've had people just go, you know, like, what, what happened, brother? Where you at? And, and they think, oh, well, I'm just going to go down and, you know, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make my point and I'm just going to, and, and Satan just use, and all of a sudden you're, you're in a situation that you cause a whole bunch of mess. And then you need a, a bailout. <laughs> A spiritual bail. I will teach a sermon on that. Spiritual bailout. You know, government bailing out everything. I'm going to bail out some, some of the people of God. But, but you know, but, but that's the grace of God, too, because God bails us out sometimes when we blow it. Isn't it good to know? I haven't even bailed out a couple times. <laughs> I've been bailed out a couple times. That's okay. Thank you, Lord. I need a bailout. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something, if you're not walking in the spirit, then by default, you align yourself up with the purposes of the enemy. And Satan can use you. He can't possess you, but he can use you to fulfill his purposes and you not even know it. Because all you think is, I want to be right. How many things have been destroyed over people just wanting to be right? How many lives have been, how many, I always tell our people all the time, look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. Always look at the big picture. Don't look at this, you know, you hear me, I say it all the time, the big picture. The big picture. Satan wanted to give you tunnel vision. It's all about the big picture. Remember, Satan don't care about the little stuff that you think about that Satan is all about. It's much bigger than that. Satan wanted to destroy people's lives, brother. He wanted to take some people to hell, and if he can use you to do it, then yeah, you go split that church. You go and slam everybody in their church and make yourself look good. Good job, good job, good job. Pat yourself on the back. See, it's much deeper than what we think. You follow what I'm saying? And so we got to be more aware of how the enemy works. We got to be more discerning. First Peter 5, 8, throw that up there real quick. Be sober. Now, I know y'all, you're Christians, you love the Lord, so you're going to get drunk in here, right? I don't have to worry about that here. Be sober, be vigilant. That means be on alert. Be watching for danger. You know, every time I go up to the Shenandoah Mountains, I love the mountains, but I got to tell you something. I got a problem with two things, snakes and bears. 
And every time I go, and I love the scenery in the Shenandoah Mountains. If anybody, anybody had never been there, you need to go there. I absolutely love it. But let me tell you something. But I'm always looking. My kid, I'm always, and I hear stuff in the woods. What that? And I'm always looking on the ground for snakes. You know, I'm being vigilant. Because how many know snakes, bears, they kind of hang out in the woods. And so when you're vigilant, you're looking out for that stuff, right? Because you don't want to be sidetracked. The Bible says we need to be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, there it is, that who? The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. Oh. He, is, he is looking. He's like this. You know, he's looking for the folks that got their guards down. The people that are walking in the flesh. The people that have decided that they're going to go it their own way instead of doing it God's way. So he sits back and he's a lion and he's just sitting there and he's just trying to devour. He's looking every day, every second. I mean, no, with the devil, you can't ever like close your eyes. You can't ever like act like, uh, you know, Jesus. How many know that when Jesus began his ministry, that before he even began his ministry, how many know Jesus talked about Satan? Jesus was tempted 40 days. Before he even started his ministry by Satan, who was trying to tell him, Jesus, you know, you know, I'll give you all the world if you fall down and worship me. See, Satan is all about just give me worship. I give you every, I give you the kingdoms of this world, Jesus, if you would just worship me. He's manipulative. He's dirty. And he's conniving. And that the people of God, how many know we need to be pure? We need not be operating in manipulative spirits. Because where does it come from? We need to not be lying. We need to be honest people. Because when we lie, then we put ourselves outside of the covering of God. So we need to be people of integrity. We need to be people of honesty. We need to be people that represents the pureness of what society is all about. The people of God. Now, in closing, let's look at the whole armor of God and we're going to be done. Can I get another five minutes and then we'll be done? Five minutes? I don't know how long I've gone this morning, but I try to keep it within normal what we do. Um, I've had to move pretty quick. Now watch this. Look at verse Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. We're closing. Verse 14. I heard, I heard the other day, <laughs> yesterday, matter of fact, uh, they, there was this, uh, somebody posted this thing on YouTube about, uh, about this guy who was impersonating preachers. And uh, and so this guy was like joking about, you know, certain preachers. And one of the things he was joking about is how uh, the preacher would keep saying, uh, I'm closing. And then 15 minutes passed. I'm closing. Then an hour passed. And he said he was sitting there. He was kind of wondering how many doors to this sermon. <laughs> so, so I figured that I should at least get you know, a couple doors. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it down. Okay, that was supposed to, you're supposed to laugh, but that didn't work. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 14. Stand therefore, having girt your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you, which you would be able to quench all mm, the fiery dots of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, number one, have on the belt, the belt of truth. You know what the belt of truth is? We got to stand for the truth. As a believer, it's not optional. We, can, we don't decide. We cannot decide what is true. 
what is truth is what God's words say is true. You know, I'm amazed sometimes how I see sometimes preachers trying to defend certain activity. And I'm like, dude, and like you're trying to defend. It's like, well, I, I love all people. and they're, they're, like, they're like afraid to say that certain things are wrong. And it's, it's against God. Well, Jesus did say he's the way. The only way. I didn't say that. And so if people want to question that. Did I say to them, yeah, absolutely. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can get to heaven except through him. Well, you're a bigot. So be it. Because I don't have to apologize for the truth. The word of God is true. So what is truth? This. Whatever it says, that's what we declare. And so now watch. This is your defense. You want to talk about spiritual warfare. Now we're giving you your defense. So you got to walk in truth. See, when you walk in truth, then what happens is God walks with you. <laughs> you start walking in deception, brother, you better look out. Because now you're playing a game that is dangerous. Now, the second thing, what's the, what's the, next, the next thing? He said the breastplate of righteousness, meaning that our life got to be holy. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Now, we don't want to address this sometimes, but how many know that you're saved by God's grace? You've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. We all have been. But how many know that God requires for us to reflect what's happened on the inside? Because if you got saved on the inside, then there's something in your life, come on, that's going to depict that you're walking with God and that you're righteous. So we need to pay attention to our lifestyle. You need to think about where I'm, if I'm going in this place, will this glorify God? Doing this activity, will it glorify God or will it not glorify God? So we need to have on a breastplate of righteousness. And so here's my defense against the enemy. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to walk in truth. This is my protection. The next thing is that my feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preach the gospel. So the devil, let's say the devil get upset at you. Oh, no, the devil's always upset at you. I'm sorry. I didn't. Let's just say that, you know, um, you know, you just have one. The devil keep messing with you and, 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 and you know, and things are just going hard. And, and the devil just, you know what you should do? So, okay, devil, you keep it up. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going out and preach to somebody. I'm going to lay hands on somebody and get somebody saved. You know, there have been times I've been discouraged. And, and I've thought to myself, man, you know, I, you know I, don't, I don't sit in that long. I can't sit in that. I can't stay there. Because I know if I sit there and the devil get me isolated, he starts whispering to me, I don't stay there. I got to get out of that. I can't allow myself to be in a situation where I can let the enemy try to tell me how bad things are. I don't need to stay there. And that's the word he don't stay there. But if the devil want to keep messing with you, just get up and say, okay, I'm going to go preach. Go knock on some doors. Go to the mall. Get you a couple of tracks and hand them out. He'll leave you alone then. You start splashing some oil on some people's head and getting people saved. He'll leave you alone then. You start washing some feet on Thanksgiving Day. He'll leave you alone then. You start preaching to them. He'll leave you alone then because I'm not going to sit here and let you do that. Preach the gospel. That's one of your weapons. That's one of your defense mechanisms against the enemy. Your feet shot with the gospel of peace. You're declaring the word of God. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just too shy. I don't like to say. Okay, then. You just be shy. I just know the Bible don't have much address for anything about being shy. I'm sorry. There ain't a whole lot in the scripture about being shy. You know, Moses, he tried to come up with a whole bunch of excuses. I can't talk. <laughs> Who made your mouth, dude? That's right. I'm paraphrasing. That's what God said. Who made your mouth? You need to just go do what I told you to do. God know who you are. He made you. Ain't no time to be what? Well. Look, you just need to open your mouth. How many know the, the Bible said the righteous are bold as a lion? The wicked flees when no man pursues, but the righteous, baby, they're bold. Amen. Because Amen. you've been redeemed. You got 
all the power of God living on the inside of you and you're scared. He, he brought you out of a horrible place. He saved your life. He gave you hope. He rescued you. He helped you. He brought you out and you're scared to open your mouth and talk about it. What kind of salvation do you have? Come on. What, I mean, you're scared to tell people the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord. Say amen for me, baby. Say amen, amen. for me. Amen. amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm going to get an amen from somebody. Amen. Come on. We, I mean, we can't be sitting back there all scared and won't open our mouth. Well, I'll wait till they say something to me. Wait, wait, where do you see that in the word? I see the apostles. I see them taking it to the streets. I see them being the aggressors. Come on. I got to tell somebody what God did for me because I know that the time is short. I don't have a lot of time. Some of you right now, you think you got a lot of years. You don't know what you got. You don't know what you got. Your, your life can end today. You don't know. At least you want to die in faith. You want to die saying, Lord, I, I gave you my best. I, Lord, I was preaching the gospel. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be, I want to hear the words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. I, I just, I dream about those words. Well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, gosh. The shield of faith. How many of the shield of faith? What does the shield of faith do? How many know the, the devil throws all kinds of things at you? How many know the devil threw everything at Job? Job lost his whole family, his kids, his property, everything in one day. The guy got sick to the point that he was in pain. God had protected Job, and then God allowed Satan for his own purpose. Because how many know sometimes God allows things in your life that ain't comfortable? I just got to tell you that. I know what they preach to you sometimes, but I just got to be real. There's some things God allows in your life that is not going to be easy to have to deal with. So if somebody is promising you a bed of roses as a Christian, they're telling you half the truth. See, we're a church that like to deal with real issues. I like to look, look, just tell me, brother, how I can endure it. Because I ain't, I'm not exempt from pain. You know, it's going to, just like the Bible said, it rains on the just and the unjust. But we're supposed to be different because we got the spirit of God. So, so, so we have a degree of grace and power with us that we should be able to overcome it. Jesus says, you can be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and say, you overcome. You overcome. you overcome. Or you overcame. However you want to say it. You are victorious. How about that? You're victorious. Shield of faith. I mean, when Job lost everything, he could have threw in a tower. Sometimes life throws, I mean, you know, sometimes life is hard. People lose loved ones. I mean, you see these stories. I mean, I grieve. My heart bleeds. When I see the family in Connecticut where the guys broke in the house and these these they killed this whole family. I mean, my heart bleeds for that. OK, I mean, it, it sickens me. I, I, I hate it when I hear Christians get sick and they have cancer and, and they die. I hate it. I don't like it. But the shield of faith says that no matter what the devil throws my way, that I'm going to the Bible that haven't done all to stand, stand. And no matter what happens to you, you have the, the faith of God and that, listen to me, that you don't quit. You don't start doubting God and saying, wait a minute. No, no. Whatever comes my way, devil bring it on, but I will stay faithful. Job said, yet he slay me. I will trust him. Though he slay me, I'm going to trust him no matter what happens. See, this is what we don't like to talk about. Because for some of us, it's, it's all about how my situation turns out, whether or not I'm going to worship God or not. 
Some, so some of us is all, if my conditions are favorable, then I'll give God the glory. But what if God deals you a hand and it's not the kind of hand that you like? Will you serve him then? Will you serve God and worship God and sing praise to him when the refrigerator is empty? Because it's easy to praise God when it's full. It's easy to praise God when you got money in the bank and everything's going well. But can you give God the glory when it's not going the way you want it to go? It's called the shield of faith. Shield of faith. So we can quit all the fiery dots of the enemy. So whatever the enemy throws my way, I ain't giving up on God. I'm not, listen, I'm going to die in faith. You got to be determined. If I go down, I'm going to go down believing. Good God Almighty. Because it's much more, listen, it's bigger than this life. That's right. Come on. It's bigger than this life. You win. Look at the neighbor and say, you win. You win. You are a winner. Read the book of Revelation if you don't believe it. We're going to be in heaven together. So if you don't like me, you better well get used to me because I'm going to be with you for eternity. I don't like pastor. Well, that's your part. I'm going to be with you right up in the heaven, praising God with you. And I'm going to kiss you and give you a hug. Say hallelujah. I love you. For eternity. Some of you are saying, oh. The helmet of salvation. No, the helmet of salvation is just your assurance that, you know what? I'm washing the blood. I got the helmet of salvation. See, the devil can, he can try to do stuff to you physically, but spiritually, you know, the devil can't touch you. M.C. Hammer used to have a little saying. Y'all know what he used to say? Come on, Diver, you even know that, don't you? What did he used to say, you know? You can't touch this. <laughs> and she's from Lithuania, and she heard that. <laughs> M.C. Hammer used to say, you can't touch this. The devil can't touch you. So you have an assurance that, look, I can go all the way with God. I can go all the way with God. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about anything because God got my back. He's covered me. Amen. He's covered me. And lastly, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, when Satan was tempting Jesus, Jesus kept hitting him with, it is written. 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 Let me tell you something. The word of God is really your only offensive weapon against the enemy. Use the word, which means you got to know the word. Well, well, I don't, you know, and it, it bugs me because I hear people say, well, I don't need to read the Bible every day to be saved and go to heaven. How many know it ain't about that? It's about your daily life. You need to read this book because you need to understand how to live. You need to understand how to fight the devil because, you know, he's fighting you. When you go home today, he's going to fight you at your house. Before you leave the parking lot, he's going to fight. And what you going to do then? You got to have this word. He's going to be fighting you. I'm telling you, you know, I mean, you know, you, you can come right. You can praise God. And as soon as you hit the door, all hell break loose. And here you are. You get, you're battling. You're in the battle now. You're trying to control your emotions. Because something that made you upset. You know, it don't take much to get us off, especially if you got kids. <laughs> you know. But do me a favor. Have a regimen and read this book every day of your life. Get it in your soul every single day. And don't read it just to read it, but read it and say, Lord, okay, how can I apply what I'm reading into my life? 
Because this is, your, this is your blueprint. This is it right here. Get in this thing. Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it every day of your life. And I guarantee you, you're going to be more equipped to fight against the enemy. But he's going to come knocking. And he's always come knocking. But some folks, he just know he can't mess with. And I believe that God wants us to be those kind of people that say he can't mess with this. Because you know why? Because I'm in this thing. I'm in the trenches. I'm in this thing. And I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.